Hello mortals, we are your Valkyries, Miss Darby and Miss Charlie. And we are two ladies that twerk, showing you how the strip club works. Just like you, you nasty girl. We will be discussing our experiences and opinions on sex work art and the erotic taboo counterculture we can't stop talking about. We are currently recording and transmitting this episode from our opulent spaceship of fiendish fun. Welcome to the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underage, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. Have you ever wondered how the wet and wild in and outs of a strip club work? Exactly what does happen backstage? Today, we'll be pulling back the curtain and giving you a little peek at what the black light doesn't show. Things like... How do you join the club? What are the standard elements that make up a strip club? What should you expect to happen on stage? How does the money work? Who keeps you safe? Who's in charge? So, if you are a listener of ours who has worked in a club, you might already know all these things, but as you'll find out, many clubs work in many different ways. And so we thought we'd just slowly go through, starting with the first day. Yeah, and we also got um, some feedback from a listener that had questions about this and wanted to kind of have us go over some of the basics because they weren't familiar with some of the things that we were talking about. So if anybody else has questions um, in any of our episodes that they feel like they want answers to, you know, feel free to reach out so yes the first day the Uh, first day walking in to the club (laughs) yes um so the audition process i guess is that where we want to go with this yeah i mean the first club that we worked at together there wasn't really an audition process you just walk in and they look at you and they say great you've got two eyes and two arms and two legs like you're good (laughs) that's true but then you and i've also worked in other states now so Mm -hmm. i've been in other clubs like in wyoming where it was the same thing as where we originally worked but then when i went to florida they made me audition at the amateur night so i couldn't just Mm. audition they said oh, you ha- all of our um, new girls have to participate in amateur night, which I think was a rookie mistake in me accepting that because I fucking hate amateur nights. I didn't know that then, but I know it now. And it was horrible. And I think they just do that because they want girls to show up for their amateur night. But I didn't mm-hmm. really need to do that to get hired. And I think if I would have said, oh, I really don't want to do that. I just want to audition today. They would have just let me audition but that was my own fault so I had to do amateur night and then if I won I got hired wait really if you want wait will you actually go over amateur night because um I think it'd be interesting to kind of lay out I've actually never worked anywhere that had an amateur night basically the club has prizes for the girls first second and third place and it's based on the crowd and the volume of cheers whether or not you place and in and where you place so at this particular club which is the only amateur night i've never participated in they made me fill out like a a interview questions that were you know things like what's your favorite sexual position what's your favorite drink what's your hottest celeb um what's your (laughs) dream uh date night like i don't know and like dirty things like i'm not thinking of all of this oh what are your best features on yourself and i was answering these questions trying to think like what do people want me to say because right none of the answers writing down no because my answers would be like i like gin and soda which is an old lady drink and i'm in love with marilyn manson who's like 60 nobody wants to hear that (laughs) No, they don't want to hear that. So I think I said 
that I loved Sex on the Beach, like uh, the drink mm-hmm. Sex on the Beach. And then I had my celebrity crush was The Rock. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I think my prof- my favorite sexual position was like doggy style, which yeah, of course. I mean, you're just sure. Like, what's raunchy? And like, really yeah, for and I the also other side. This was this was. I mean, you and I have both been into like sexy stuff for a while, but I just yeah. felt really weird because then they read it out loud while you were oh dancing. So they were, you know, Darby's like, favorite Darby. position is doggy style. <laughs> She likes just... long walks on the beach and getting railed from behind. By the rock. <laughs> yeah. While, ha- while drinking a sex on the beach. Yeah, it was it was so embarrassing. I was not was having so fun. Funny. And I didn't know anybody in Florida. I'd only lived there for like a month. And it was my first, like I didn't know anybody. So there was nobody there to cheer for me. And I didn't know this, but everybody brings their friends. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So basically, I get on stage, I do my thing, the like slimy host of amateur night. Oh, and the, by the way, you sit there in the booth for like four hours before it even starts, and they just give you free drinks. And I felt like they were just trying oh, to get me no. drunk. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't want to do that. So I wasn't really drinking, but the other girls were getting shit faced. And then, I don't know. It was just, it was a mess. It was a mess. So. I don't know. I don't normally win things. So I didn't really think I was going to win. But I felt super dorky and it was very uncomfortable. And I didn't win. There's no way that I won. And then I, I was like, okay, I guess I, I don't have this job. And then I went to the back and the house mom said, do you want to work here? And I said, well, I didn't win. And and she and he was like, well, that's okay. Um, You're cute. So we'll hire you anyways. You didn't really have to do amateur night. They just, you know. <laughs> And I was like, cool. I went through the most embarrassing experience of my life on stage so far. And I didn't have to. Yeah. But then but then when I was working in Texas, a girlfriend and I went to Texas, to Dallas together. And it was really weird because they make you take off all your clothes except for your underwear. And you stand in the liquor cabinet, which is, mm-hmm. which is just like a big room full of liquor. And then the manager walks in. So you go in and they just walk around you and make notes on a notepad. And then, yeah. And then you get called into the big office once you've got your clothes back on. And then all the managers discussed whether or not the number of tattoos I had, which I don't have very many, and the subject matter of the tattoos I had was appropriate for their club and whether or not they were going to approve it. Wow. So, but they talked about me like I wasn't there, which was a new experience for me because I don't know. I just felt weird about it. And then when I auditioned in Philly the last time, they took a Polaroid picture of me in my underwear and paper clipped it it's just getting creepier and creepier yeah and then yeah it was front and back polaroid and i'm sorry like polaroids are great but the lighting was not great you weren't wearing your heels i didn't know yeah i don't know i just didn't feel i didn't feel prepared for that because i'm used to dancing and i think i'm a good dancer so I i feel that that's where my my magic comes in i mean i think i'm also attractive but i don't know i mean i wasn't ready to just take like a polaroid of me and so they take a Polaroid. They don't show you the Polaroid. And they just clip the two Polaroids to your paperwork. And they tell you the managers will review them and call wow. you back later. Wow. So, and I, I've, I haven't ever so far not gotten hired. But I think it happens to everyone no matter how good you look or even how good of a dancer you are sometimes. I just think... It can depend on the day and the manager and who else they've hired and who else they have. So you can't take it personally. But right. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. But those have been my audition experiences. I don't know. What about what about you? Well, I've only worked at one place out here. And I think, I'm trying to remember, it was a long time ago that I filled out the application. But I feel like there was something on the application as well where they wanted, on the online application, where they wanted you to also take a photo of yourself front and back Mm. and submit it i'm pretty sure there was um but then 
I went in right as they opened. They told me to get there, you know, as soon as the bar opened. So I got there and, you know, it's pretty much completely empty. And then they said, okay, like we're going to get the manager or the assistant manager. We're going to go sit in a booth and we'll put on a song and you can go up and you can just go dance the song. So I got up in front of nobody, but the manager didn't even show up. It was just the house mom. And we'll get into what a house mom is later for anyone who doesn't know. But it was just a house mom and then random girls who worked there like peeking in on me and, you know, silently judging me <laughs> as I just danced alone on stage. And then I got off and I was really nervous because this was my first time auditioning and I didn't know what was going to happen. And as I got off, the house mom said, okay, great, just sign this contract and you're good. <laughs> they just oh, want to okay. make sure that you actually will take your clothes off and that you actually have all your limbs. Yeah, <laughs> that you're not you're not tricking us. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not the best dancer, but you're a I good dancer. Can move my body and I think that's all they were checking. The I I've only ever seen an audi- I've only ever seen one audition where watching it I thought oh this girl's not gonna get in because hmm. through the club you know they would do these in the mornings and I always would work the first shift or not I guess it was only one shift but I would always get there early right you and I were kind of similar that way especially when yeah. we worked together we'd always get there right at the beginning of our shift or of the night shift and so I'd always see the girls who were auditioning and everybody who pretty much if you could if you could stand on stage and wiggle <laughs> around you were good you were gonna get in there was one girl she showed up with no dancer shoes she was in the back asking to borrow some Hmm. she looked like she was like blitzed out of her mind on something and she was like stumbling around and then when she finally borrowed a pair of just like the spare shoes uh, that somebody had left years before that were always on top of the dresser and she pulled those off and put those on and went upstairs she was falling over the whole stage oh, no. it was it was so bad and we were watching it and I I just knew she's not gonna get in but did did she no she didn't get in oh okay but it, it, <laughs> no she didn't get in she was the only person I ever watched audition that I already knew from watching her dance she wouldn't get in but everybody else I ever saw audition, they got in. But I don't think my club had a very high standard. Pretty much, you just couldn't be totally, like, out of your mind on drugs when you auditioned. You had to wait until so, later in the, the night. That was the only limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had to wait till later to get there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. It's so crazy. We've definitely worked at clubs together where the people working um, get fairly uh, disoriented as the night goes on. My favorite is one of our very favorite <laughs> funny people at the first club we worked at who was hilarious. Uh-huh. Like one yeah. of the, it's a special person. Just really, I re- mm-hmm. really genuinely liked her, but she would just fall asleep on stage. <laughs> and it's not, it was so cute it because she cute. would, because she was a crazy dancer and she'd like put her leg over her head and she, I mean, I'm talking crazy. Like, one of her son's friends came into the club and she gave him a lap dance intentionally. (sighs) She she, she was so funny. So funny. And a great person. Hilarious. Little bit of like a, you know, a didn't know where it came from temper. But she was hilarious and super super sweet. But she would just get on stage. And I mean, like, the stage was full of people. It wasn't empty. She'd get on stage, she'd be dancing, she'd kind of sit down, she'd just like look around, and then she'd just go to sleep. Yeah. And then they'd say, okay, time to, time to get the next girl up. And then she'd just get up and go do her thing. (laughs) And it was, it was really, it was really funny. It was really funny and cute. That would happen in the back. She would also fall asleep in the back as well. Yes. Yes, she definitely fell asleep a lot. Oh my gosh, she she was so funny, and she, she also I just don't think she gave a fuck like in a good way, where she's just like, oh, whatever, whatever happens happens. If I fall asleep, I'll wake up, you know. Yeah. If I get in tr- like she would break the rules all the time. She was mm-hmm. like, what What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? <laughs> yeah, she's 
she was so funny and she'd worked there for a really long time and she yeah she just could do whatever she wanted she was a character i think about her all the time yeah all right moving on to the dressing room i thought this was an interesting thing to talk about because sometimes in movies you see strip club dressing rooms as actual dressing rooms mm-hmm. and, and my huge, experience nice, more than anything lights. is like here's a closet with some mirrors okay there's gonna be 15 dancers tonight like figure it out <laughs> totally yeah 100 yeah. percent. and it's always they're dirty they're yeah. sometimes have lockers they sometimes don't have lockers yeah. they are painted like a garish like this is for girls color I feel like yeah. it's always red or purple or pink. Um, and, and there's names of dancers on lockers, on tables, things mm-hmm. scribbled from 10 years ago. Like, Yeah. yeah and everybody kind of has their area. So when you're new, you kind of have to figure out what area is available. And sometimes, you know, if another girl's working, you don't put your stuff there in that corner because that's where she always mm-hmm. puts her stuff. That kind of thing. If, they, if you work at bigger clubs, then you get a nicer dressing room. When I worked in Texas, mm-hmm. you know, it was 100 girls on a shift. So the dressing room was humongous. I could fit multiple mm-hmm. clubs I've worked in in that dressing room. It had a clothing store in it. It had rows wow. and rows and rows of wow. yeah tables with, like, nice lighting. The lighting was really nice in the back. It was generally clean. It had walls and walls and walls of lockers. It had a hair lady a nail tech a massage therapist a woman who sold jewelry um shit yeah it was crazy and it had a huge like i mean we'll talk about again the house mom thing later but a huge food spread the house mothers they had two house mothers and they had their own like back area i have to tell you about the club that i work in over here because (laughs) it (laughs) has one long mirror along one wall there's like five chairs and then a set of mm. maybe 15 um, yeah. lockers. It is tiny. <laughs> it is so small. And uh, some of, most of the lockers have locks on them. Some of the locks are from dancers who haven't returned in mm. six months, you know? And they, but they have seniority. And I was asking, I was like, when can I have a locker? And they're like, well, when you get seniority. Well, fuck, that's not going to be a long time because freaking Jasmine hasn't been back for two years and she still has a locker with a lock on it. So, and then, yeah, and then there was a tiny table with the house mom and that was it. And it was was so little. I definitely liked the way, I don't need our dressing rooms to be crazy. I liked our first club that mm-hmm. we worked at. There was a chair and a mirror spot for everyone. And that was really nice. Yeah. As long as there's enough room for you to sit in a chair in front of a section of a mirror, you can shove everything you need, your makeup, your bag, everything in that little corner. You don't need anything else. Yeah. And we also had, I think, a good group of girls where you didn't have to worry about people stealing from you. So people didn't go True. through your bags and, and stuff. And then everybody had their own area. And then one girl would make like seat cushions, like seat covers for all the girls. So mm-hmm. all the chairs had little different colored, like cute sparkle seat cushions that we mm-hmm. all sat on. And, and I, I agree. I think that that... Because the chairs were busted. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember though the first time we worked and um, the other girls were telling us not to put our duffel bags on the floor because um, cockroaches and scorpions yeah the midwest everyone the The midwest Midwest. yeah scorpions just get in your bag (laughs) but no there 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 is the possibility that somebody i've never worked at a club where somebody's stolen my things but i've definitely heard horror stories a lot of horror stories Mm -hmm. about girls getting their things stolen people getting rifled through even the club i worked at somebody claimed that somebody went through their bag which is always a nice way to ignite a very uh, scary fight in the back room. Mm. Um, but it never happened to me. I had someone rifle through my stuff, but I never had anybody take anything. Yeah, I, I went into my... I don't ever bring a lock. I don't know. I do when I work in certain clubs, but... As soon as I started working on the coast, because it was a big city, and I got there, 
I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be safe. I brought a lock. I would lock my bags sometimes, but as soon as um, one of the lockers cleared out, I took it just because better safe than sorry, but but yeah, that never happened. I guess you didn't have anything they wanted to steal. <laughs> well, I don't ever take anything because some girls will bring makeup and mm. hair tools and stuff like that. I bring my clothes. I try to bring a small amount of outfits. I have an extra pair of shoes and I wear a very small size of shoe. And then I have my home, like the clothes I'm going home in. Mm. But I never bring money. I never bring my wallet into the club. That's good. Or I have it on me. My car keys sometimes are in my bag. But I mean, I don't think anyone's going to, I don't think they're going to take my car. So there's nothing, unless they really, if they, my thought is that if they really needed my dirty used thong or one of my outfits, they can have then it. Then I guess they can have it. <laughs> Because if they really need it, you know, I, I then I feel bad for them. Yeah. Because that's sad. Then, and there must be something going on that they really need. And I don't like that feeling, but I also don't, I know myself well enough and I will forget a combination, forget a key, and mm-hmm. now my stuff is stuck in a stupid thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when I work at a bigger club, like where there's a million girls and you don't know anybody, but most of the clubs I work at are small and you do know people. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm less worried about it. Totally. No, I think it was definitely for when I first started there. But I did carry around the combo for my mm. locker in my purse. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, because we're, we're the same. <laughs> We'd be like, and what was that number? <laughs> I don't know. I would, also, I would also say that the dressing room serves as the break room. Mm-hmm. Um, the kitchen. Yes. Uh, the bitch fest room, mm-hmm. the stage for a variety of displays of yes. love, affection, aggression, crying. It is the hair pulling. Hair pulling. It yeah. It's where I think a lot of girls fight. Yes. Um, where girls get drunk and <laughs> go to sleep, or uh-huh. where they pass out. Where <laughs> we do drugs. Where yep. We. I don't know, do everything because I know there's sometimes it happens out on the floor, but I think it's more common that the the dressing room is the only place Mm -hmm. really where you are cut off from customers. Customers are not allowed in there. They're not allowed in that area of the club. And so it's like a safe place where it's just us. Sometimes they have security cameras. Sometimes they don't. But it's like where you walk into the back room and everybody in there understands you and what's going on in your night we can all joke and laugh and chat and update each other oh it's busy for me oh it's been slow watch out for this customer yeah yep (laughs) he doesn't pay well I think we were talking earlier about the um you and I were talking earlier off off um off the record off the record well yeah I was gonna say off camera (laughs) but we're not on camera but off the recording we we're talking about the difference between being on and being off. Mm. And when you're on the floor, yeah. when you're out in the club, when you're mingling with customers or on stage, you're on. You're in persona. You're being sexy. You're being you're being your on version. But when you're backstage, you're off. So whatever it is, if you're just like, oh, man, I don't feel good today, but I can't let anybody else know like out there. But I'm going to come back here and just like lay here and be a mm-hmm. slump or I really want to eat. Mm-hmm. And of course, and then. You know, some people like eat a burrito and then brush their teeth and then go back out because you don't want anybody to smell burrito on you. You want to pretend you're a perfect Barbie, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just uh, it's your place where you can uh, be a real person. And sometimes it's mm-hmm. a real person that's hungry or a real person that wants to fight somebody. But yeah, it's the off zone. Yeah, that's definitely true. So once you get through the audition and you introduce yourself to the dressing room, then there's some basic elements of the club. You have managers or manager, bouncer, a DJ, and the aforementioned house mom. So the house mom, I think, is something that a lot of people, like I think the other three people are thinking, duh. Yeah. But a house mom, I think, is unique to this particular industry now I could be wrong I don't know if there's a version of that somewhere else but um so what is a house mom what do they do why do we have them yeah well I think that a manager for the most part 
um, sits in the office and deals with paperwork. He's doing all the finances. He's doing all like the behind the scenes stuff. And we rarely even see the manager. And then assistant managers are on the floor. They're regulating things. They're making sure people are getting to where they need to go. They're kind of almost like bouncers in a couple ways, but they're just they're just making sure the front of house is running smoothly or the house mom is more managing the back of house. They're the ones you actually, mm. I mean, I would go to the house mom, you know, if you have like a problem you want to solve, that's not a customer problem. If it's a problem with another girl or if it's something you're doing dealing with personally or you need help with something or you have a question, I would generally go to the house mom first before the manager I feel like the manager mm-hmm. has a lot of other things on his plate he's trying to take care of, like the bar and the DJ and the bouncers and everything else. What, yeah, what about I you? would agree. Yeah, I would agree. And then plus, um, I think most house moms also offer services. So mm-hmm. they'll do your makeup. They'll do your hair. They will sell costumes. Um, I've worked in clubs where the house mom has to approve you before you walk out onto the floor to make Mm. sure that you have your nails done, your eyelashes, that your makeup is good, that you don't look like a garish clown lady. (laughs) You know, however they define that. Um, The house mom is sometimes also responsible for distributing your money at the end of the night, Mm. depending on how the club does that. Um, They can be in charge of doing weight checks, um, doing like, you know, rules in the back. Basically they're your in-between line between you and the, and you and management. Wait, what's a weight check? Um, like telling that, telling you if you're getting fat, like like weighing you and then (gasps) saying, well, Darby looks like you've been eating too many French fries. Now you're on the fat list and you may only have salads. That kind of thing. Wow. That's intense. But I guess if you're working at like a fancier club. Our house mom didn't do any of that, but sorry, keep going. I just was curious. I I didn't know if that's didn't know if that's what you meant. You said weight check. That's just what it was in Florida, and that's what they were in charge of. And I've generally wow. only had female house moms, but I did have one male house mom, which was weird. And we can <laughs> talk about that late, like later on in this segment. But yeah, yeah so I think. That's what a housewife is, and that's what they do, and they kind of end up being, yeah, like the mother hen to all the little chickies. Because if girls are fighting, if they're drunk, if they need someone to take care of them, they have, they you know, they need someone to sew a button back on or fix a seam or mm-hmm. stuff like that. You know, get a band aid, get a tampon, get some ibuprofen. You know, any of that stuff. The yeah. housewife kind of does that. They take care of the girls. Exactly. And I think that the reason why we have them is like you said, the primary man, the managers and the bouncers and the DJ all kind of have their own separate arenas. And they're also generally primarily male. And I don't think that they Mm -hmm. want to deal with some of the things that we need to deal with working in this industry. And I think it works to kind of have a matriarchal figure who manages the other women that work there and kind of, I don't know. Yeah, like acts like a mother figure, you know? There's sometimes there's you have a really she's, bad night. She's the madam. Yes, she is the madam. <laughs> and you can really like your house mom. I've had house moms I've loved and I've had house moms I've fucking hated. That's never fun. Yeah. But yeah. it is nice to know that you have someone there, I think, I hate paying them if they don't do anything, and I'll be completely honest about that. If you don't do anything yeah. and you just sit there and you're not nice and there are no carrots or whatever, then I'm really irritated that I'm giving you a percentage of how much money I make because I don't understand why mm-hmm. you're there. And maybe someone who's a house mom can let us know why I'm an asshole for feeling that way, which is totally well, fine. I, but that's always really I agree. Because you would always talk about your house moms, and I always thought, why does my house mom not do any of those things? Like, <laughs> they, the ones that the one I worked at, they didn't really do anything. They just sat back there in the back and would chit-chat, which was nice, but mm-hmm. I, we, they never really did anything, really, that 
they, there was no makeup there was no hair there was no wow. massage table there was no snacks there was none none none, none of that um they would make sure that we were where we needed to be. So if somebody was calling our names, kind of like you said, that uh, it's a women's area. But it, at a lot of clubs, it is. It's like a no men zone. Mm-hmm. Like even the managers or bouncers, they'll knock on the door first mm-hmm. and they'll like kind of open the door, but they won't put their head in. They'll just kind of like lean in, but not looking. And they'll just be like, hey, I don't know if you guys are dressed, but I just wanted to let you know, da, 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 da. Like they'll always announce themselves. They never just walk in. Mm-hmm. Or the house mom can actually go in between. So that's all she ever did for us. She just like would manage us. But I had a few at the place I worked at. And one of them was so funny. I could tell she was trying to do more. So sometimes before I went out the door, she'd be like, oh, you're, uh, you know, I was going to say zipper, but like your tag. And she'd like tuck it. I don't know. She, I felt like she was trying to do something, but there was nothing really for her to do do like the way that it was set up Mm. like the environment she didn't really have a role to play besides sometimes they would give us a mint (laughs) it's like thanks but I always thought it was really funny because one of them was like oh I used to be a dancer and she was a little bit you know older she was maybe in her late 50s and I was like oh that's so cool she's like yeah now my daughter works here (laughs) Um, okay, I'll I'll give you one I more know, on that. that. Was so funny. I work with a mother-daughter duo and they both dance and they work on the same shifts. That is pretty epic. I wonder if they tell people that they're mother-daughter or sisters. Maybe people are really They tell each other, they tell people that they're mother and daughter. They say that's my mom, that's do my daughter. Do they do doubles? I've never seen them do a lap dance together, but if they did, I would pay to be I in would that room. too. I would too. That's just the kind of weird thing I want to watch. One hundred percent. Oh God, that's so great and so interesting. If my mom was comfortable enough to be a dancer, though, I would totally do that with my mom too. I think it's different because you and your mom are super open with your sexual experiences. Whereas if my mother was going to be dancing, (laughs) I would feel disturbed seeing her as a sexual, naughty being because she is so private about that. And I feel like it just would make me think of that time when she was talking about oral sex and she's like, that is a beautiful thing between two people that really love each other. And that is something that is sacred and is special and is private. And, it and can sometimes be... happens in the backseat of a car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was my experience. But, like, I just thought at the time, I was like, wow, okay, I mean, I guess. But I 100% don't feel that way. We have very different opinions on intimacy. So to see yeah. her being, like, a sexual, like, meow, meow, like, kitty cat, I would be like, what the fuck? Like... Yeah, well, my, it's funny because my mom's not exactly a very sexual person either. She doesn't really express that very much. But I think I'm so comfortable with my mom that I don't think I would do a doubles dance with her because that I don't think weird. I would do that. That would I, be too weird. That'd be, I, that'd there'd that'd have to be, be a lot of money, a lot of money at play. But if she was working in the same club as me, I would definitely walk by her all the time and just be like, damn, who's that sexy woman over there? Like, ooh, like she's so hot. You know, I do stuff like that with her. Yeah, but your mom also is the type of mom that goes to Burning Man and like yeah. just shows people her boobs. Not just people, not just walks around. <laughs> but I've seen your mom's boobs more than I've seen my own mother's oh. boobs. Yeah, no, I agree. I guess when I mean sexual, like she- yeah she's not there's there's not a lot she's very open with her body Mm. that's i guess what it is but there's definitely a difference between being open with your body and sexual but because she's so open i don't think it'd be weird like (laughs) on my last trip it's very common for me to sit in the bathtub uh, in the bathroom with my mom when she's in the bathtub like we do that a lot like she'll be sitting in the bathtub and i'll come in and like lay on the ground in the bathroom and sit and talk with her yeah but that's so cute because my mom would be like get out of the room i'm getting dressed (laughs) (laughs) well i guess you guys are never doing a doubles dance no and hopefully she never hears this episode because she would be like so disturbed 
You sucked whose dick in a car? <laughs> My mom's probably going to listen to this episode and find it very funny. I know, but I love your mom. She listens to all of our episodes. It's very funny. She's a great mom. And my mom would listen to all of our episodes if she knew about them and then cringe every every five minutes. Be like, why is this my daughter? What did I do? I love her, but she's insane. That's um, so funny. Okay. So anyway, moving so, on. Circling back. We'll do a whole episode From on house moms. moms to real moms. Yeah. <laughs> and back again. Um, okay, so the next area is the stage. Ooh. Ooh, yes. So one thing we'd like to know is that not all stages are created equal. No. No. It's very rude. (laughs) Yes, we hate it because we wish there was some sort of standardization, which of course would never exist, but there are certain things that we miss. So we're going to try to explain this um, verbally because we don't have like a visual, but I think the classic stage that people think of is they think of just a flat stage with a pole in it. Mm-hmm. Now, just with that setup, you could have a stage that is has a bar around it. So people sit at the bar and the stage is either raised or it's sunken down. Like mm-hmm. a, what is that? Like a sunken living room kind of with a pole or multiple poles depending on the size, you know, all that stuff. You could have a pedestal stage which is where you have a smaller stage that's just basically a cube that's raised up may or may not have a bar may or may not have a pole Mm -hmm. or you could have a stage that has no pole because i worked in a club in texas that had no pole and there was no poles anywhere yeah and i need something to hold on to it was it was a lot and then there is our favorite stage our favorite stage, which was our favorite first stage. stage that we worked our first at. stage. And it so was good. a step-down stage, so it was sunken down with the bar around it with two poles. But then what really made it awesome was that it mm-hmm. had a railing mm-hmm. that went around. So it was like a metal, like like a, like the brass poles, but like a fence almost. But it like was a fence. No, open. just like a like a railing that goes down a staircase. But it went around the whole thing. So yes, yes, there was a yes. barrier for you to lean on so you wouldn't be dancing and accidentally fall onto a customer. You could fall <laughs> yes. forward and you would hit the pole. But and make it look like you meant to do that. Yeah, and we'd be like, oh, I'm sexily falling <laughs> into a pole. <laughs> into a rail, sorry. That will make it difficult. But the rail is so amazing because... As Darby knows, when you're up on heels like that, on especially a raised stage, mm-hmm. you feel like a newborn, like Bambi, like trying mm-hmm. to like prance across. It's it's like the vertigo, the uncertainty. Your ankles feel very weak and wobbly. It is so scary, and I never get over that. It's so funny how often I can walk around just like the club but the second I get on stage I just doubt whether my feet are gonna stay standing up or not yeah no 100% and the rail you could do a bunch of stuff with it you could like you could do tricks flip around it. yeah and that was really fun because you could get close yeah. to the customer but then you could feel like you had the ability to kind of pull back yeah. so it just gave you lots of like move options and, and- it was sunken, which is also nice, too, because you're closer to them because they're also looking down on you, which mm-hmm. also helps with that feeling of vertigo where you don't feel like you're up on this platform. You're, yes. like, sunk. There were so many things to hold on to. So if you did trip by accident, which I've definitely done, there was a million places between the actual stripper poles and the railing you could catch your fall. And it was sunk, and the inside of... How do you explain it? Like the wall had mirrors. So when you were mm, laying on the ground, right. no, you could see mirrors? yourself. They were. They were mirrors. I forgot You could about see that. yourself. Yeah, no, I loved that because I'd be like on the ground and looking up at people and then I'd glance down into the sunken part and it was just me staring back at myself. And you could <laughs> be like, like oh, oh, hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like, oh, your hair's in your eye. You look dumb. Stop it. You know, but it was really nice. I liked, I like mirrors when you're dancing you can kind of check in on yourself make sure 
you're not bleeding from the face or something. That that's true. Yeah, no one wants to be accidentally or, bleeding from the face or bleeding you know from anywhere else. Yeah. yeah, that's very true. It's also yeah, a good when check. We first started. <laughs> like, is that my period? No. Okay, I'm imagining it. Okay, we're good. Um. Okay, so. All different types of stage setup. Some places have cages. Some places have mm-hmm. like b- bars or things that come from the ceiling to do stuff mm-hmm. on. Stages are made out of different things. Marble, which is the worst. There's Ew. yeah, oh, yeah. In Florida, it was marble. It was horrible. My That's knees horrible. never recovered. I bet. There's like plastic. There's tile. There's weird fake like flooring, fake mm-hmm. wood flooring. All sorts of stuff, and all of it affects how much it hurts on your body mm-hmm. how the texture of the stage matters on what you can like like how you move on the floor and what it tricks is, you can do yeah and maybe this is not that way for a lot of other dancers because I definitely know girls that I feel like no matter where they go they're just like oh there's that thing I'll just climb it and flip over here and do this and do that we were not born with that type of physical confidence while we're both good dancers we also are not secure in that way when we're on We're not gymnasts. (laughs) No, we're not gymnasts. We're not cheerleaders. We're not throwing ourselves into the abyss of the the air. Our our skill set as far as acrobatic moves is um, minimal to non-existent. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. 100% agree with you. So we... We... uh, Yeah, we 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 miss having the rail and and i think Ugh. that like for us it's a little bit of an adjustment period to get used to a new stage you know the mm-hmm. amount of space you have around it all that type of stuff and some stages um where i'm at in the east coast right now a lot of the stages are behind the bar like where the bartenders work so, That's so weird. there's a it is really weird it's like you're it's like you're a second thought like an afterthought there's like a the regular bar like you would go to a sports bar or whatever and then behind that is a stage yeah. so you're really far away from the from the customers which is interesting that is really so, interesting yeah because you can't do like all the little tricks and like you know um kind of flirt, flirty things up close so that that's yeah strange i i liked that about our first place is because the actual it had a a bar at the level where they were sitting and drinking it was so nice because you could get really close and personal versus raised bars even sometimes can be really difficult. Yeah, you know? I think it, it helped to kind of get you comfortable with people and kind of be able to see mm-hmm. who was interested in you or not, which totally I liked too. I like eye contact. Yes. Um, yes. Okay, so then the stage basically is a rotation. So you'll have like a mm. list of girls Mm-hmm. The girls rotate. Sometimes they do two songs on the back pole, one song on the front pole, one and one, or if there's a side stage. And every club is different. Every rotation is different. Um, it usually kind of- has to do with, I mean, generally, it has to do with when you show up. You you kind of, okay, I'm showing up. Who's on the list right now? You put your name at the bottom. And that's generally how the list for the night is established. But then... If there's one stage, then the first person on the list goes on stage first, and then the second person goes on stage next, and it just keeps going and going, and usually a DJ will call out the person's name, and you just have to know who's before you so you know when it's your turn. So let's say it was uh, Cinnamon, then Darby, then me. If I hear cinnamon to the stage or welcome cinnamon, then I go, oh, okay. Darby knows that she's next and then I know I'm after her. So when I hear Darby's name, I need to be ready to go on stage within five minutes. Like that. Um, Yeah, and then it depends on what club you work at, whether or not they skip you, um, if you're doing dances in the back, or whether or not you have to do your stage sets regardless of whether or not you're doing dances and every club is different with Mm -hmm. that some clubs will let you buy your way off stage so every stage set that you skip you have to pay 25 dollars or a customer will pay it for you i i hate when they Um, when they get upset at you if you're in the back getting a lap dance and you miss your stage set because you're making the club money by being backstage 
you're making money by being in a lap dance that's so dumb i agree no i think it's bullshit and i think it's bullshit to make you pay money to skip a stage set i mean i'm already tipping the dj i'm tipping the bouncers we'll talk about the money thing yeah some later stages, but like, the, yeah they just try poles, to kind of get you there could be two way. dancers on the stage at the same time so if it was that just means it's the same rotation but then it'd be cinnamon and darby and then Cinnamon would leave, and then it would be Darby and me, and then Darby would leave, and then it would be me and the next person. So you always have two people on the stage. And there can sometimes be other, like, secondary, like, mini stages. So it all factors in. And sometimes it changes. Like, I know at my club, if it was a busy night, then they would say, okay, both stages are open. After this set, you have to go to the mini stage, which is, like, in the back. But if it's slow, like, mm-hmm. don't worry about it so yeah definitely definitely and it depends on the size of the club and just mm-hmm. how they how they choose to organize stuff um so then collecting money on stage every place again you're gonna get tired of hearing it but they all have different things so some places mm-hmm. they can tip you in your thong or in your garter or in your bra some places you have to get off stage and walk around the stage and go to every table or every place around the bar that's connected to the stage and ask for your tips. Um, some places you can only collect stage tips, so they have to put them on the stage in order for you to collect them. And then sometimes, like in Florida, for example, if a guy threw a bunch of money at you or it was like more than, you know, like a handful mm-hmm. of dollars, the bouncer would come out with a little broom and sweep it into a dustpan and put it in a plastic bag that then the house mom would write your name on and mm-hmm. put it in a locker mm-hmm. and you would get it at the end of the day. Yeah. It can get difficult sometimes when there's two people on stage though and money's getting thrown because that's where yes it can get very tricky because some people will argue like, oh, those are my tips. Oh, those are my tips. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like you can only do your best to kind of separate them out. That's true. And if in some clubs, too, if there's two girls on stage, they do, like, a set together, and then they split everything 50-50. Mm-hmm. There are also a lot of different rules and regulations on the stage, and these can change. Generally, they're about the same at every club in an area, but sometimes they can be different from club to club. But they're based off of what the county has decided is okay for topless bars, bikini or sports bars and nude bars so each uh, type of bar has its own types of rules and regulations according to the state and according to the county so this includes what kind of dance moves are you allowed to do which seems kind of silly but there are certain sexual dance moves depending on what county you're in you are not allowed to do uh we worked well i guess we didn't work there did we work there could you touch no, yourself? No, we didn't work there. No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember. But there was one. No, where we worked, it was a free-for-all. Oh, okay. But where I was we like, knew right? where 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 I bartended and cocktailed yes, before we started dancing. Yeah. You couldn't, like, make gestures that were too obscene. And you couldn't put your hands down your panties. Or you couldn't touch yourself with, like, one finger to, like, you know, well, suggest. So you... You couldn't touch your body with a full, an open hand. You could only like squish your boobs together if you made your hands into fists and oh, kind of yeah. pushed on the outside. Uh-huh. You couldn't um, stimulate. You couldn't simulate orgasming, like um, like, like, like jacking off. yourself yeah. off. Yeah, or getting somebody else off. You couldn't. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, none you of those spank yourself. Those were definitely not else. rules that we followed at our club. So. <laughs> No, no. You couldn't spank yourself or someone else, and you couldn't come within, I think it was like five inches of your nipples, or your butthole, or your vagina. And there's like a two-finger rule, something about two fingers. Yeah, you couldn't touch yourself with One more fi- than two fingers. Yeah, or it's like, you. yeah, you couldn't. Yeah. Or you had to touch yourself with two, two fingers. Two fingers, yeah. Like Disney, Disney people have to, dir- they can't point directly at Disneyland. They have to use two fingers so it looks less aggressive. It applies. It's the same thing. If you're pointing aggressively at your own nipples, they're like, no. It's a two-finger rule. It's more friendly. Two-finger rule. <laughs> Just like Disneyland. Walt. <laughs> he knew Just what was like up. Just like Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. And, like, those – that was a really strict um, county. 
But every place is different. And some places just, you know, they tell you, oh, you can't do this. Oh, you can't do that. You Mm -hmm. know, oh, you have to take your first thong off. But you, but you have to, you have to wear a double thong, but you have to take your first thong off. Are you, you have to wear a double thong, but by the end of your dance on stage, you have to be down to only one thong. Yeah. Or you have to wear pasties, or you don't have to wear pasties, or you have to wear booty shorts, but no pasties. Like, every every place, Mm -hmm. the county, the state, just like Charlie said, it's all different, and it's just important to kind of know what the rules and regulations are so that you know what you're supposed to do because um, if someone comes in and is doling out tickets Mm -hmm. you get a ticket and the club gets a ticket but you are personally responsible if something happens so i'm not saying that every club i mean not every club follows all these rules most clubs i would say don't follow these rules and so you're kind of walking on that yeah but i definitely know girls that have been raided and they've gotten tickets for different things or the club's gotten fined or whatever and that's just it's just something to be aware of just that you know the first club we ever worked at it was a free-for-all but they had they they said they had a lot of rules right that was the whole thing is they said they had a lot of rules but then they actually just let you did whatever you wanted it was a very much like if i don't see it i don't know about it except that they also had the strobe light the strobe lights yes so which when, meant <laughs> yes which meant that there were cops in the parking lot that were coming in to check everything so the way the club was set up was there was kind of like a entryway and then the main the main area of the club but there was like a it would took enough time that the um assistant manager or whatever general manager would sit behind the desk you know check people's ids take their you know payment or whatever they're there to get into the club and they could see when the cops pulled up because it, the door opened up into this very wide parking lot. There was nowhere for the cops to kind of sneak by. And mm-hmm. then he would push a button and all these crazy strobe lights would start going. And everybody that was doing lap dances would hop off of the customers and start doing air dances, which is what it was in the county was legal. And then everybody on stage would just start dancing really boring. And they would follow all the rules that we were supposed to be following. And then the minute the cops would leave and the strobe light would go on until the cops left. Yeah. And then when the cops left and the strobe light was off, then we all just resumed being maniacs. Yeah, we just did whatever fun. we wanted. But it was, yeah, exactly like uh, Darby said, it was a no-touch club. So all of our lap dances were supposed to be, the customer was not touching us and we were not touching them. And I don't think anybody followed that rule. No, ever. we were all touching unless, each other. Unless, <laughs> unless you said, oh, you can pay me $20 and I'll dance in front of you. Or if you want a real lap dance, pay me the actual yeah, lap more. dance price and I'll and you can touch me. Yeah, it was nobody followed that rule. But it was very funny because every once in a while somebody would get in trouble because for some reason they wouldn't spot the strobe light and the manager would just come around and like glare at them. Be like, stop it. And then Yeah. yeah. And then we just feel stupid and embarrassed because we'd all look out for each other. I mean, yeah. If if a girl didn't notice, you'd be like, "Hey, cinnamon, the strobe, the strobe." <laughs> She's like, "Oh damn, I'm in the middle of a of a whole thing right now." <laughs> the whole thing right now, yeah. I've it was heard great. I've heard so many stories, which is also funny. We'll get to this too, but the back rooms can look very different. So depending on how explicit you're being and what your back room setup looks like, you might not always have a secret area to go to do explicit things. And mm. so some of the stories we'd hear from the girls or from customers, you're like, they were literally on the couch right next to me. And they're doing that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we just got a huge kick out of it because it was It great. was really funny. Yeah. It was ridiculous. There was some like kind of Heidi holes, but not that Heidi. <laughs> No, no, no one's hiding that much. No. Um, the last thing that sometimes happens on stage is a showcase. So, Charlie, why don't you explain what a showcase is? Well, a showcase is a really annoying thing that a lot of clubs do where they want to show off all of the dancers in the whole club at once. So they'll ask all the girls to come into one common area 
And sometimes this could look like just a procession of girls coming on the stage and then walking off the stage. And sometimes, like at one of our clubs, you have to stand on the stage for like three minutes while they play the exact same song over and over every single night. (laughs) And you just have to look like you're having so much fun for so long. And then people throw money and then the money is collected and then it's divvied up against, uh, not against, but it's divvied up across everyone that's there that night. So you're like, great. I'm so glad I spent three minutes doing that because I earned $350. (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely a downside of the showcase. And then certain places, like when I worked in Florida, they made you take a t-shirt that was like a club marketing thing and you had to go try to sell it for like two minutes or not two minutes like two songs yeah it was horrible and so you would do like a discount which I hate because I don't because that's my line I always tell people like I'm not on sale when they try to haggle you yeah and it would be like oh you could get two lap dances for 40 bucks and you get a t-shirt and I just hated it I hated selling a t-shirt and I didn't want to do it but they like judged you on your sales so you could get in trouble if like you never sold the t-shirt so so i would like go up to guys and be like can you please just buy this fucking t-shirt because i need to sell a fucking t-shirt this month (laughs) oh that's so horrible yeah i much like the one here we just had to stop whatever we were doing which was the annoying part so if you're working or you're in a room or something unless you're up like spending a long time if you're like in a champagne or in a longer room they'd leave you alone but for the most part they would make you get up get in a long line and then parade around the stage and come back down and then you could just go back do whatever you're doing and they didn't even tip you so i don't know it's just to say look at what we've got i'm like they know what they've got they're seeing us seeing it all night (laughs) yeah we're just walking around they probably had 15 girls already asked them if they want to dance like they know who's here i don't know (laughs) It was silly. It's so dumb. <sighs> no, I agree. Bring them out. Bring them out. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, man. I wish, like, there weren't licensing laws and we could play that song. Oh, yeah. Our our one song, our DJ, our DJ, our DJ at our original place was really funny because he would associate certain songs with certain dancers and then he would just play those songs every time they got on stage and I... Every time I got on stage, my first set of the night, he always played the same song. Every time. Wasn't it and the um, System of a Down song? It was System of a Down, yeah. Every time. Yeah. And one t- day, I actually went up to him and I said, hey, do you think you could play a different song? He's like, people like this song. I'm like, people like a lot of songs. I'm pretty sure we can find another one. <laughs> and then we went up and there it was. Wasn't it like the Sodomy song too? Oh, God. <laughs> was it? I think it was uh no is like, that one I've decided like, your alternative. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. He said, "Well, I've already got my pop girls, I've already got my hip hop girls, I've already got my country girls. We need alternative girls." I said, "Well, there's other alternative songs than that one song by System of the Down." It was that one that's like disorder, disorder, <laughs> somewhere between the sand and silence of sleep it was that one every single time and you would always come on stage and go oh wow i really heard she likes this song i'm so glad we're playing it (laughs) charlie don't you like this song i swear you're always asking him to play it for you oh my gosh yes yes i know we're playing this again uh but he did the same thing with our showcase song, the whole time I worked there, it was always the exact same song every night. So yeah, silly. it was the it was the bring him out song. Was it just that song, or didn't he have a second song that he, he would had like play to, too? Remember, and then it would get really fast and be like, I don't remember what song it was, but it would do the bring him out, bring him out, and then it would go into like a really fast paced, like, booty twerking song. I don't remember what it was. That's so funny. Yeah, I totally forgot about that until you mentioned that when we were doing our episode notes um, before we started recording. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Bring em Out song. Bring em Out. It's so funny. Uh, I want to, want yeah. to. I don't know. I still don't know the words, which is really funny. But <laughs> I think I blocked it out of my memory. Anyway. <laughs> this is too traumatic. But too you much. know that System of a Down song. Oh, I sure do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
And that concludes part one of our two-part episode. Stay tuned next Tuesday for the second half. Just a quick note, we are winding down our first season and we'll soon be packing our bags for Venus to start work on season two. Please send us all your ideas for our next season. Our last episode will air in two weeks. Your babes already miss you. In the meantime, to soothe your aching loins, you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. If you would like to contact us with an antidote or have a story for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for the themes we are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofalhalla at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla, otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis.